two flags in 100 years. That shit house, if you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched. We're here to say that's not the case, we'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one it is Thursday, March the 19th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And uh, we're doing this in separate rooms, not because of the coronavirus, but because we normally record this in separate rooms. But Will, if there's any podcast that's perfectly equipped to adapt to these changing times, it's this show. Oh, well, I've got to say, Charlie, maybe we've been getting ready for this moment for a very long time. You know, much like the Gold Coast won't be intimidated by the lack of crowds at their games, you know, it's going to be your Richmonds and your Collingwoods and whatever that's going to notice the big difference. Maybe the two of us who rarely get to be in the same room for this podcast, perhaps we might have to go into, you know, an AFL 360-style daily show of Two Guys, One Cup because we're the only podcast actually equipped for, um, for social isolation. Is this the equivalent of high altitude training? In our preseason, we've been doing the high altitude training. Now, we're going to see the benefits. We're going to be the. We're, we've been burning up the track. We've been training the house down. <laughs> now you watch. Well, basically, yes. Of course, we also are recording our first podcast for the season about three hours before the season actually starts. But we, we've got to be honest, Charlie, we didn't think it was going to start. We assumed, like all world sports, that it was going to be cancelled. And so there was no real rush for us to get to the opening episode of this podcast. And I felt like, you know, we did that bushfire episode. So, you know, we've got one, mm. we've got one in the bank. We'll give us some credit. Yeah, for us, that felt like a real jump start to the preseason. <laughs> what did we do in that bushfire episode? I can't even remember what we talked about. Well, I like then. to think of that. That was our state of origin uh, fundraiser type. Uh, best oh, yes. of <laughs> we I don't know, we talked a little bit about the Bulldogs a bit about the Saints and then I can't even remember speculated about I'm sure we I made fun of someone's it. haircut or something like that well okay so let's just you know jump into the biggest story of course which is that they're playing tonight which yeah. how do you feel about this like the MCG will be completely empty other than the players um thoughts <laughs> Hot takes. Start now. <laughs> First of all, um, a lot of people have sent me some clips um, of the WWE this week who are also oh. performing to empty arenas. And it has become my favourite thing now is to find as many clips as I can of the WWE because there is something so odd. Like, you don't realise until you take the crowd out of wrestling just how important they are to the wrestling. And it's not just the reactions and stuff, but they cover a lot of the dialogue, a lot of what is said in the ring. And when the crowd isn't there, you can actually hear what the wrestlers are saying to each other. So the thing that I am most looking forward to is, well, those mics that they have on the umpires and around the ground and stuff, will we very clearly be able to hear what the players are saying to each other? Will we be able to hear the sledges? Like, what are, what are we going to get through the microphone? That's what I am most keen to hear. Well, I think that's why the game will actually get cancelled. It won't be coronavirus. <laughs> It'll be somebody will drop a C-bomb within 30 seconds of the game. Somebody will call Razor Ray a cunt within 30 seconds of the game starting and that'll be the end of it. I love how you used open with C-bomb and then just went straight for the word anyway. Yeah, well, I figured, you know, in these end of day times, Charlie, who are we protecting? <laughs> it, it's actually not even yeah. the most dangerous C-word anymore, is it? So I think, you know, cunt's gone down three no. spaces behind COVID-19 and coronavirus as the most disastrous C-word. It's... I I think that the, the, the strange thing about it is it's kind of seeing the machinations of the AFL Players Association and the AFL obviously taking advice from the federal government, all this kind of stuff. Like, 
you understand that there, what everyone is facing at the moment is obviously the health crisis, but then this economic reality of, well, you know, with TV rights and, and, and players' wages and stuff, like, if, if this doesn't go ahead, then this could be hugely damaging for the brand going forward. It might take the competition years to recover. And so... I don't know. I sort of switch. I've been listening to a lot of 360 this week, and I've been flipping between Robbo and and, and Jared Healy, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, not Jared Healy, Mike Sheen, in my opinion. I've been so part of me is like, well, this is crazy. Like, if everyone is having to take time off and take precautions, and there's other people who are losing income, then that's just the way it is. Maybe if we if we're all in the same boat, then you know it'll equal itself out in some way. But then there's another part of me that's like, well. You know, these guys are in the low risk category and they're highly trained and they do have the best doctors. And if they're all getting tested and that they know that they're not carrying the virus, then you know, what's the harm in playing it out and giving us some normality? Like, or I guess sitting down to watch a, a game of footy with no crowd isn't normality, but you know, it's like 40% normality. Well, it, it's going to be fascinating. Like, that is the one thing about it. Like, because I, yeah, I just assume they cancel it like everything because the world is in such a crisis that. Everything is being cancelled, and you know there there is a, an element of like you know well just cancel everything. Everybody have two or three months off, and then we'll try to just restart the world again afterwards. But there is another part of me that's like, well, everyone's going to run out of Netflix shows. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to. Uh, you know, Tom Gleason was just tweeting before that an episode of Hard Quiz last night did 150,000 more than the week before, and it was a repeat just because people <laughs> are stuck in the house. So I guess, you know, people are desperate for new content. They're, you know, the idea that you can still watch the football, that you can still enjoy a game, I guess there is some value in that of just life is going to go on. It's going to give us something to talk about. But the idea of seeing those champion players playing to empty stadiums is I mean like you said with the wrestling because the wrestling is incredible <laughs> without the crowds because you realize how much of wrestling is yeah. just a pantomime basically it's modern day pantomime yeah. with fighting isn't it but so like you know when the crowd's not there to go he's behind you you don't know that he's behind you whereas in the football how much is that going to will it influence the umpire's decisions like for example is there no such thing as a home crowd advantage anymore yeah. the idea of going to western australia and the umpires playing 10 or 12 more free kicks because of the crowd well you're not going to mm. have that are you so does it suddenly even up the competition yeah you're right i didn't really think about that i mean i guess it sort of it's going to feel like local footy you know when you go watch a country match or a suburban match or whatever and you can sort of i mean maybe the afl should allow people like social distancing but you can bring your cars to the ground yeah. in their cars <laughs> Yeah, you're allowed to. We've got a solution to get people to the footy. We're going to play it at country grounds where you can drive in and basically, look, we're going to get people to pay. You know what? People would pay for that too, for the privilege of being able to park your car at the corner of the ground and like honk your horn when Jack Rewalt kicks a goal. I mean, Adelaide Oval has the hill. They actually have like parking spaces on the hill. They can, I mean, I, I want to drive my car to Adelaide Oval. I mean, imagine if that had been the announcement the AFL had come up with. They've gone, we've got a compromise. We know the players will feel weird not having a crowd at the footy, but we also respect social, uh, social. Or do people, like you said in the car, if everybody just went in a hazmat suit, right? Yeah. If you were completely, like if the AFL went, we've bought like, you know, 
you know, 500 hazmat suits and you have to wear them and sit in the ground. Could 500 people go? Yeah, but I think because you're at the football, they'd have to, there'd be a 40% markup on the price of hazmat suits. <laughs> It'd cost you a fortune, especially if you're taking the family. Okay, well, let's go back to cars then. How many cars could you get at a game? How many around the... Well, so we're saying they're just, they're using like the, the old Junction Oval or something like that, right? Yeah, Punt Road. Okay. You go down to Punt Road, you could park, how many cars can you park around Punt Road at the foot? I reckon you could get like close to, a, well, like, what do you reckon, close to like 500 mm. at Punt Road? Gosh's Paddock. You could get like, I reckon you get 500 cars in Gosh's Paddock and you could play a yeah. game down there. Yeah, and you'd make a Everyone further has to noise. stay in their car. <laughs> <laughs> With the horns and stuff, wouldn't they? Like, yeah. you, you create some atmosphere. I mean, behind the goals, flashing the lights to try to put off an opposition when they're going for a goal. I like the idea, though, of also forcing these players, these highly trained, perfectly calibrated athletes, and they have to play on a suburban ground that's got, like, you know, the cricket pitch is still visible in the centre square, and maybe, like, there's one pocket that slopes down 45 degrees. <laughs> just a shitty, shitty oval. Like the Little League, they just go to a park and they just stick those goal, those goal posts on a spike. They just stick them in the ground somewhere. I mean, you couldn't take buses of people because obviously buses of people aren't allowed together. But if you had a large family who are all, you know, social isolating together anyway, or kids, Mm. you could take school kids because they're still letting kids go to school, right? So what if, like, on the way home from school or on the weekend, you just load all the kids into a school bus and then you have, like, 20 or 30 kids in a bus. So you put the cars on the front row... And then you have a bus full of kids, like, second row. You could still get, like, a couple of thousand people to a game. Yeah, right. So we're just going to round up children <laughs> force them. Not force them. To go watch football. That's your, that's your solution? I'm not oh, forcing no, they want to go. them okay. to go. I'm just saying that if you wanted to maximise crowds, you could fill up some school buses with children. And I guess toilet's going to be an issue, isn't it? You're going to have to get them to... You're going to have to have like a porta potty in there or something. I think a stadium filled with children, you're probably going to have more trouble than they've been having at the grounds in the last couple of years. Yeah, okay. I think there are going to be more incidents. All right, I haven't thought this through. Um, is there any chance that it will advantage one team more than another? So, for example, is there, mm. you know, for like, is it going to hurt the interstate teams because of the home ground advantage? Will it hurt those big teams that aren't used to? playing in front of small crowds? Will it advantage the people who normally play in front of small crowds? Like, will... Oh, you think you think Richmond are going to get spooked? Well, not <laughs> spooked necessarily, spooked. but they might be the sort of team that responds to, you know, the Richmond army being up and about, sort of, yeah, giving them, you know, like when you kick a spectacular goal from the pocket and then you just run along the boundary line giving, like, you know, 80,000 fans high fives, it's got to give you a little bit of extra kick than just kicking a goal to mm. nothing in a big empty stadium, doesn't it? And do you think maybe in for a player like Toby Green, who kind of feeds off the negative feedback of the audience, like he, you get the feeling with Toby Green, like he likes sort of being the villain. He, he thrives in those kind of circumstances. He's gonna he have, won't have that to They're going to have to send out a GWS runner to tell him he's a dickhead. <laughs> That, yeah. <laughs> that Leon Cameron's going to have to run out himself and go, you're a scum, you're Toby, you are shit, you're ridiculous, you're a little rat, you're a cheat, just to get him fired up. If your team, if the Bulldogs win the Premiership this year, however the season shapes up being 17 games, maybe they play 10 games or whatever, like, just say... They only end up paying 10 games this mm. year, but they call it a full season, and the Bulldogs win. 
based on the fact that like they played 10 games in the season proper, then over Christmas they play a final series and you guys win. Does it somehow feel diminished by the fact that it wasn't a full season? It was like a, a, a an interrupted season? I mean, to be honest, I think it would advantage us because when we won in 2016, we... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much, you know, played seven good weeks in a row and that one is the premiership. So <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, this oh, might be how we play. time for the Bulldogs to shine. Um, <laughs> I think if they don't play 17 games, it can't be considered a full season. In fact, I think if they don't play 17 right. games, I think 17's the proper amount. If everybody plays each other once and then you have a final series, that is an absolutely fine season. But anything under that, it starts to have a question mark next to it, I guess. And so what happens to the season if they don't make it to 17 for whatever reason? They just say this season is just in the history books. It's just this irregularity, just a bunk season. I mean, you could do what I guess the, the only thing that you could possibly do is set a minimum of what you think. Like if we get to 12 games or if we get to 14 games, and then make it a – well, you still have to have finals, don't you? Because I think that it is completely mm. unfair if you just call it like they do with a lot of other sports where they're like, this this team is currently on top of the ladder, so they are now the premier of this competition. I think in the AFL yeah. that would be incredibly unfair because you could just have a really good draw <laughs> early on in the season and, yeah. you know. Um, but how many, how many games? You, you answer it. How many games do you think that they need to play to make it a real season? Oh, no, I agree. 17. Everyone plays each other once. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder, like, is who? what team do you think, if if for whatever reason the season is called off or it's postponed, what supporter base or what teams are the most disappointed? Is it Richmond because of the chance of a dynasty? Is it the Bulldogs because everyone's tipping them to finish top four, like a hot crack? You know, the team outside the four most likely to, to, to play, play, uh, play in the grand final. Who, who's got the most to lose? Um, Who's in the window? Well, I think Richmond, Richmond right? probably, right? I mean, I mean, it is a very Richmondy thing to happen, right? Like right in the middle of your dynasty, <laughs> there is a, an outbreak which causes the season to be called. We off. have been looking for Richmondy to reemerge. If it has reemerged in the form of COVID nineteen, <laughs> then that is the most Richmondy thing of all time, I guess. Maybe Alex Rance knew something. He's, he's the only one who's really. <laughs> Alex, although door knocking is pretty hard in this environment as well with social distancing. <laughs> um, should we do our traditional, uh, let's uh, talk about all the teams or just have a quick whip through, talk about predictions and, and what we know about them. Uh, we'll also do our, our test that we do each year, which is uh, name the coach and the last year's best and fairest winner. Do you want to do that? Mm. Okay. Uh, do you want to go, uh, you go first? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, this is a hard one. Who Let's is the coach of Adelaide that. and who was last year's best and fairest winner? Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, the coach is new. Yes. They have a new coach. That's what I do know. Oh. Um, okay. Best and fairest winner last year would have been one of the Crouches. Um, Brad. Brad Crouch would have won the best and fairest, I reckon, last year. Um, and the coach is... Nicks, oh, Nicks. I think that's right. Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. Yeah. <laughs> the coach is Stevie Nicks, former lead singer of Fleetwood Mac. Ma- Matt- yeah, Matty Nicks. Matthew Nicks. Is that is that is that? The, I believe that so. Mike, can you uh, throw the answer up for you? Yes, Matthew Nicks, best and first. Brad Couch. Well done, Will. We're off to a good start. Very unlike two guys, one cup. Yeah. Well, um, it, it had to be one of the Crouches. 
And I really, to be honest, no, never, I never know which one's the good one and which one's the slightly less good one. But I'm going to... Uh, that was a bit of a, a guess, I've got to say. Okay, who's the next team? Uh, next team would be Brisbane. Is that right, Mark? Next team's Brisbane. Okay, you go. You go here. What do you think? Okay. All right. So Chris Fagan, Dennis Pagan is the coach. And last year's best and fairest would have to be Lockie Neal. Well, Charlie Cameron or Lockie Neal? Oh, all right. <laughs> Lockie Neal. Mike, real hot on the answer there. That's great. Yeah, Lucky Neil. Um, you can give us some time to get it wrong, Mike. It's fine. It's uh, Mike's, <laughs> Mike's most hot on the button, confirming that you were correct in your answer. I like to let give ourselves the opportunity to talk ourselves out of the answer as, as well, though. <laughs> yeah. I think it's yeah, very just... important that we have room to land on the right answer and then through a conversation <laughs> come up with the wrong answer. Yeah, we want to try and talk each other out of the correct answer. Um, okay, so who's next on the list? What team Carlton. is Carlton? Uh, uh, this well, should be easy. Uh, Paddy Cripps won the um, best and fairest, and he's also the coach. <laughs> they, they made him. They made him captain, coach, and best player. Is he's the only hope they have? Um, no, no. Uh, the Teague train is yes. the, is the coach. Who's David Teague. David Teague. Yeah, correct. All right, we are three for three. This is uh, unnerving. I mean, more unnerving than uh, the, the season being played to empty stadiums is us getting three things right on this show. Is there any chance that this is also yeah. what we did in our bushfire episode? Because <laughs> these are coming to me reasonably well at the moment, and I'm starting to think, and I have, certainly haven't looked them up. Um, is there any chance we had this same conversation in our bushfire episode? No, I don't think so. This is tends okay. to be a, this is a two guys one cup tradition in the uh, preseason episode. Okay, okay so Collingwood uh, coaches Nathan Buckley. Last year's best and fairest winner. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, it'd have to be the the Ruckman guy uh, Grundy, Brody Grundy. I'm going to say it's, it's, uh, yeah, Brody Brody Grundy. That's uh, uh, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. All right, Mike, thank you very much, Nathan Buckley, Brody Grundy. This is four from four. I yeah. have got. I'm not enjoying this. <laughs> this is a little too easy for us. Okay, here oh, we this go. is a confusing this is one. Essendon. Yeah, yeah. So Essendon's coach is John Worsfold, but they also have brought but. in a new coach, uh, yes. whose name is Brett Brett Ratton. Ben no, Ratton. Ben, ben Ratton. Ratton. I was going to say Brad Burton, but <laughs> Ben Ratton. <laughs> Brad Burton Bob isn't Burton. even a footballer. Brett Burton, Brad Burton. Anyway, yeah. uh, Ben Rutten is the is the um, uh, uh, the protege. Is that what what you call him? Uh, in uh, coach in waiting. Yeah, look, I I think that uh, he's understudy. He's, he's he's the coach. He's technically the coach, and they've given Wusher a, a. In fact, Wusher might be their happiest guy in football this year if they don't play because he's essentially got yeah. paid for it. They kind of have half-sacked him, but they've given him a final year just to kind of hand over, and he won't have to do much. Not a bad not a bad way to go out. Do you feel with the Bombers, there's some all the kind of season previews I've read and, and stuff, there's a lot of chatter around, like, what the fuck's up with Essendon? Like, everyone seems to be like, these guys should be good, but they're not, and we don't trust them. And the whole Danaher saga last year has left a really bad taste in Ron's mouth, and the whole John Worsfold thing seems unusual. Like, people... I get the sense, and this is a total two guys, one cup vibe kind of thing, that people feel like Essendon didn't pay enough of a price for the drug scandal, that they've come back, and now what's going on with them is kind of like karmic, because... Everything they have everything in the right place. They have a, a coach with a proven track record. They have a great list. Yet somehow it's not coming together, and no one can seem to put their finger on it. And I think it's karma. You imagine if they're having the meeting, they're going, guys, 
we need to explore everything. We've done leading teams. Uh, we've you know looked at our process from top to bottom. And I've got to be honest with you, I feel like our main problem is karma. So we're going to have to get some Buddhist monks in. We're going to have to go on a <laughs> retreat. We're really going Could to... Could someone call Brett... Get Brett Kirk on the phone. We need someone to come here and explain to us the concept of karma. Essentially, we've spent all pre-season doing good deeds. We've been out in the community. Yeah. We've been volunteering. Is there a chance? What if this would be the ultimate irony? If the rest of the mm. players in the AFL get end up getting uh, coronavirus and the only players who don't get the coronavirus are those who are under the the supplements regime. Supplements program. At Essendon. And it turns out that Stephen Dank was actually onto something and he's come up with the only working vaccine to coronavirus. That'd be a massive comeback for Stephen Dank. Stephen Dank was immunising the players six years ahead of when they needed to be immunised. Um, oh, we haven't done any predictions for anything. Let's quickly, Adelaide, where are they going to finish? Um, Adelaide won't make the finals uh bottom Cal- bottom four uh yeah i think bottom four as well uh carlton i think will finish just outside the eight yeah so let's do bottom four uh, uh kind of bottom eight and then like you know uh, you know what i mean like split the yeah okay. do, you, uh, do you understand what i mean yes a break okay. break it into parts yes okay so we'll break the ladder into four parts yep. top four bottom four of top eight yeah <laughs> Top part of the bottom eight, bottom four. <laughs> yeah, this will simplify. That's not confusing. This will make it heaps more simple. So we have top half of the top eight, and then we have bottom half of the top eight, and then we have top half of the bottom eight, and we have bottom half of the top eight. That very easy, simple system that will definitely simplify this little episode. <laughs> All right, Adelaide, bottom half, bottom eight. Yeah. Carlton, bottom, bottom. top half. <laughs> Carlton, no, top, bottom. It is top, top, bottom, top. <laughs> it is top, bottom, bottom, top, bottom, 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 bottom. Which is also the four categories on Grinder. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Adelaide, bottom, bottom. Yeah. Carlton, top, bottom. Collingwood, top, top. Um, Essendon, top bottom for me. Uh, I'm going to say Carlton might still be, unfortunately, I think bottom, bottom. That would be the only one I would disagree. Okay. Uh, Who's next after Essendon, Mike? Oh, we didn't get the best and fairest at Essendon. Who was the best and fairest last year at Essendon? Oh, shit. That's a great question. Uh, Whose guess was it? It was your guess. Uh, oh, Jesus. Who had a good season in Essendon? Heppel was fine. I don't think he was um, brilliant. Um, uh, I, I, Zach, would it be... Uh, Zach Merritt? Um, uh, not know. Stringer or anyone like that. Um, did one of their big guys have a good season? Like one of their... Not really. Um... I don't know. Tip and Woody had a good season, but it, like I can't they imagine. They all had a, a slow start to the year yeah. last year. There was Tip a lot of players who had. Oil. Yeah, I mean they made the finals. Like they were a pretty decent team. They must have had somebody who played really well. Like is it like a Darcy Parish or a? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Put put us out of our misery, Mike. Who won the best and first for Essendon? Zach well, Merritt. Zach Merritt. Oh, you did go. mention him. Yeah, the only one Essendon player that I. 
always think he's a reliable player. Okay. Frio. Uh, Frio. Uh, John, John Longmuir is oh, the new coach. Uh, yeah, well done. I don't think I would have got that. Uh, having uh, Ross, Ross the boss having departed. Um, over the summer, actually, uh, Lenny Hayes posted a photo on his Instagram. It must have been his like 40th or something. And it was like all the players, like a bunch of players from that 09, 10 era. And then Ross the boss up the back doing shots of them, partying in the background. It's like, ah, oh, is it a bit like when you leave high school, like you go to the pub and you see your teacher there and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to have a, gonna have a beer, with a, beer with a teacher. Yeah. And then one of the players like, I'm going to root the teacher. <laughs> what that was always the big thing right like if you saw that i mean obviously not in the football club but uh <laughs> you know at the nightclub there was always that one person who was right. like i reckon i can pull now the that yeah now i can pull the teacher <laughs> there's like one player going i reckon i can pull ross lyon i reckon i can pull the coach always had a soft spot for me uh in tradition of two guys one cup when it comes to frio we only know one player that we know well they know two players no michael walters and um nat fife and i'm going to say nat what fife won their best and fairest last well year. you would think so he won the brown though yeah <laughs> and there you go i mean i didn't think that one was that outrageous a suggestion i would have thought <laughs> all right i'm assuming the cats are next uh oh, okay cats um uh, oh, did Dangerfield win the best and fairest, or was there? Um, hmm, they had a good year last year. There would have been a lot of players taking votes from him. Yeah, and Chris Scott strikes me as the kind of guy who would like to give votes out to other players who aren't his star players, mm. just to kind of you know. Well, because like Blitzarves or someone like that won the year before. Stewart. It's not always yeah, yeah Stewart. Like it's not always like a Dangerfield down Kelly. There. Kelly had a really good season, but I, I do remember definitely There's that no Kelly way. didn't win it. Even if he technically yeah. won it, as soon as he decided he yeah. was going back to Western Australia, they're like, oh, we seem to have lost the votes from the last lost the couple votes. of rounds. Yeah. I think Geelong went full Democratic uh, Party in America as soon as they saw that Bernie was going to... Basically, Kelly was the Bernie of the Geelong situation, and they were like, there's no way we're going to let this guy win. So I'm going to say Danger wins, and uh, Chris Scott is the coach. Would you say it was the democratic establishment uh, <laughs> after Tim Kelly? <laughs> uh, that's it. Politics and footy. Okay. Uh, the Gold Coast. Well, for fuck me, dead. I mean, Stewie Jew. We know he is... Yeah. Uh, God, um, they had a terrible year. Won three games. I can. I don't even really know the captain. It's the Ruckman. I, I know... The, the captain of the Gold Coast is the Ruckman. Wits. They're co-captains. Co-captains, I would say. So Wits, Wits. and Swallow, I, I believe, are their uh, co-captains. Uh... Oh, okay. What about that little goal-kicking dude, Sexton? I mean... <laughs> he had a good season. He had a good season, didn't he? Uh, yeah. I reckon mm. it's going to be Wits or Swallow. Okay. I think... I think they were their two best okay, players. Okay, I'll say Michael but Sexton. I don't know which of the two. And the answer is... I'm going to... Jared Witts. Well done. Witts. You should just always stick with the captain yeah. in a shit team, shouldn't you? There's a reason why they're the yeah. captain. Yeah, there's a reason they made him captain. <laughs> <laughs> they're the best player in the team. <laughs> All right, GWS. Oh, yeah. That, okay, so, well, Leon Cameron's the coach. Yeah. This is a tough one for best and fairest because so many of their players had a good season. Cornelio was out for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, but he was outstanding um, before he was out. He could have amassed enough votes. 
They had a lot of players Kelly who had great too years. many games. Um, Taranto, Taranto had, a really, had a really good, good year. year. Um, Whitfield did really oh, well. Lucky had a great year, yeah. Uh, lucky Whitfield Jeez. could definitely be. Talk about vote splitters. They got a, They're a team of vote splitters. They've got a lot of good players, yeah. A lot of eye-catching. Because Toby Green had a pretty good season, didn't he? Um, uh, I, t- I think I remember this one. And I'm pretty sure it was Taranto. But I... Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Survey says... Tim Taranto, Will Anderson. I think yeah. you have not put a foot wrong today. That's amazing. Oh, I definitely wouldn't have remembered uh, John Longmuir's name. Is that his name? John <laughs> yeah. All right, the Hawks. Alistair Clarkson is the coach. Um, oh, Justin, Long- Justin Longmuir. I got it wrong. Justin Longmuir. <laughs> God damn it. The last three answers, Frio supporters have been tearing their hair out. Oh, we haven't even, we forgot top, bottom, bottom, top. Okay, so... What did we say uh, about Essendon? We said Essendon uh, bottom uh, top, bottom Geelong. Top. Oh no, no top bottom. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, Frio. I say will be bottom bottom. No, I reckon bottom top top bottom. Frio. <laughs> <laughs> top top bottom is. Oh, hang on. I've forgotten how the system works. Top top, top top bottom top, and then bottom top. And then there's top bottom and then bottom bottom. Okay, okay. So what do you think? <laughs> I reckon Essendon is... Uh, I said Essendon uh, bottom top. Essendon uh, bottom of the top. Yeah, okay, right. And Fremantle are what? Uh, I reckon a top bottom. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably fair. Geelong um, top top and GWS top top. I'm going to say Geelong uh, bottom top. No, top bottom. Um, and who was the other one? Uh, GWS. GWS will be top top. I think we've already filled out the top four. <laughs> We're not even halfway through the teams. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Hawthorne. Alistair Clarkson's coach. And I'm going to say th- uh, um, Thorpal. Thor- Thor- Thorpal? Mitch the Thorpedo. What's his name? Mitch Thorpal? Thorpal. The Thorpedo. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about. What's his name? Dorpal. Thorpal. No, his... uh, War- Warpal. Warpal. <laughs> Thorpal. Zorpal. Uh, James Warpal. Mitch... James Warpal. <laughs> oh, I like to call him <laughs> Mitch Thorpal. <laughs> yes, Mitch, Mitch Thorpal. <laughs> What's their best in Paris? You know... <laughs> I think I got confused with Tom Mitchell <laughs> and James Warpole becomes Mitch Thorpal. <laughs> uh, does that count? I mean, you knew who I was talking about. I just couldn't get his name yeah, right. Yeah, I knew who you were talking about. That counts. Close enough. In the vicinity. Oh, mate. Mitch, Mitch, Mitch Thorpal. <laughs> you know, our best player last season, Mitch Thorpal. How Hawthorne uh, have fallen. That we think that their best and fairest is a guy called Mitch Thorpe. <laughs> that's that's just had something in my throat. Don't quarantine me. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, Melbourne. Oh, sorry, Hawthorne. Um, I reckon. Oh, who knows? I reckon top bottom. Top bottom for Hawthorne as well. All right, Melbourne. Although I will say Sam Mitchell 
Uh, sorry, not Sam Mitchell. Uh, uh, <laughs> Mitch Thorpe. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Mitch Thorpe. Um, uh, no, what, uh, they'll have their, their Brownlow medalist back. Um, they Ye- Jaeger looks good. Patton looks good. Clarko probably has been planning for playing games in front of no people for years. Yeah. It's probably why he was taking the team to Tassie for years. He <laughs> saw this coming. He's the one guy who's always ahead of the game, Clarko. So he probably has had like a pandemic plan because you know they say he's always ahead of the game mm. Clarko that's the real trick is like you've got to come up with the next thing I bet Clarko's been looking at international conditions and going I think we've got a pandemic coming <laughs> and he's been putting together the perfect pandemic list for about the last five years so if any team's going to steal the premiership it's I reckon Hawthorne just have that chance yeah. of coming in and mugging everybody else because under Clarkson they'll be uh, they'll just be the team who's best able to deal with all these new conditions. Um, okay, so it's Melbourne. That's your goal, I think. Who's the coach of Melbourne? Okay. Uh, coach of Melbourne. Oh, did, is Simon Goodwin still the coach? Yes. Get rid of him <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it was a bad year, but not that bad. Okay. So Simon Goodwin's still the coach. Um, oh, Max Gorn would have won their best and fairest. Didn't he get he? injured? He got injured at some point. He, he oh, no, he got injured in the, pre- the pre-season. He got injured. Um, yeah. So I reckon Gorn would have won the Melbourne Best and Ferris. Oh, it was a tie, oh, it was a tie. between Clayton Oliver and Max Gorn. Well, that's the other well, one you would I'll, have said, I'll, right? We'll take that. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Although, in my mind, for some reason, I think that they didn't have that good a season. He didn't have that good a season. I don't know why. I didn't watch a lot of Melbourne games, I don't think. And I think I only watched the ones for pleasure where they were getting... Absolutely smashed. So, well, you know, maybe I have. Apparently, a... they've they they've they put a focus on fitness this year. They're fitter than they've ever been. Burning up the track, training the house down. Players are recording PBs left, right, and center. Well, it wouldn't surprise me based on how fucking unfit they looked last season. <laughs> it wouldn't take much to give them a PB. In fact, they're the ones who have the most to lose. I've got to be honest with you because they've really tried this preseason. <laughs> All right. Um, I reckon Melbourne, I mean, who fucking knows? I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne finished bottom top, didn't make the finals. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, uh, so. Oh, sorry, say, I meant, yeah. I meant top bottom. <laughs> top bottom. Yeah. It's, it's not a, it is a confusing system. It has not simplified anything. Top of the bottom, I believe is also where Melbourne will finish. Okay. All right, North Melbourne. Uh, the coach is Reese Shaw. And I'm mm. going to say that their best and fairest winner. I mean, God, I mean, who? They are such a workmanlike team. No one really, apart from Ben Brown, no one really stands out. I guess you got Cunnington, Higgins, um, Zebul. I mean, it's one of those three, right? Higgins, Zebul, or Cunnington would be. I, well, it, it was Higgins the season before. I reckon Cunnington had a better season. He he seemed to be the one we kept well, he, hearing well, about. Cunnington won and I worry the best about, and fairest, but he didn't know because he he doesn't <laughs> know. Locked up in he his cabin in the woods. About it. He is actually he doesn't know about coronavirus. Yeah, he he's going to be shocked when he runs out and there's no one at the games. He's like, what's going on? Um. I'm going to say, I don't think it's Cunnington, though. I'm going to say Jack Zebel because okay. he's the captain. And when in doubt, go for the captain. Okay. Ben Cunnington. God damn it. I talked myself out of it. 
See, that's why we got to allow ourselves some time to be able to talk ourselves out of these things. Um, Cunnington might be the ready-mate. This might be his season to absolutely dominate because social social isolation seems to be his general policy for things, (laughs) you know. Like, he is ready, ready to go. A lot of uh, optimism around the Kangaroos this year. Apparently, they've got a young player who uh, uh, they've drafted this year who they think could be one of the best players they've drafted in the last 20 years, a real superstar in the making. Um, I will, because I feel like I need to, I'm going to give them a top bottom. I'm going to let them leapfrog a bunch of those middle-of-the-road teams and put them top bottom. Uh, that means top of the bottom half? Yeah. I, I, no, I'm bottom, I meant t- bottom top. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to say, I I think top bottom. I think they will be top of the bottom half, but they won't make the finals probably. All right, so Port Adelaide, your favourite player. Ken Hinckley is still their coach. And, uh, um, oh, didn't uh, the, what's the name of the former captain at Port Adelaide? Oh, yeah. Hard player. Um, Broad? No. Absolute gun. No, not broad. Um, um, oh, what is his name? Absolute <laughs> great player. And I cannot remember it. I think it's uh, Mitch Thorpe. <laughs> um, uh, oh, what is his name? Hard nut. Plays in the middle. Used Rob- to be the captain. Gray. Uh, gray. Robbie no, gray. not gray. No, not Robbie Gray. Is it? Uh, no. Ollie Wines. Oh, maybe it is Gray, is it? Robbie Gray's their best player, oh. but I don't know he won the best and fairest. I, I know who you're talking about, but it's... um, Put us out of our misery, please, Mike. Yeah. No, Dion no. Prestia. Oh. What? Dion Prestia? He plays for Richmond. Right. Plays for Richmond, so there's no chance that he's... I mean, I know Port had a weird season, but if Dion <laughs> Prestia has managed to win the Port Adelaide best and fairest, then... Things are really going in tough time down at the club, you would suggest. Hey, guys, sorry that we've ruined best and fairest night, but uh, unfortunately, Travis Boke. Travis Boke. That's who I meant when I said broad. Yeah, and that's who I meant when I said that tough guy. He used to be the captain. So I was kind of right, but I, I can't claim that one. Uh, port top bottom for me. Um, they need to make the finals. For Kenny Hinckley. So I'm going to say bottom of the top. All right, Saints. I will I know the answer to this. So I'll let you have a punt. Okay. Um, well, the, the coach is uh, Brett Ratton. Mm-hmm. And the best and fairest winner would have been... Um, uh, Seb Ross or the Ruckman, the Rowan Marshall, I reckon. Seb Ross. There you go. Ooh. Very good though. Very Rowan good Marshall came in. I'm glad that Rowan Marshall oh, came, came in, in where? too. So you actually you know the Saints better than they know themselves. Well, all I was going to say, Charlie, is I'm glad that uh, Mike just put those answers up because I was about to flip flop and say <laughs> it was Rowan Marshall. So, Jesus, Mike, hold <laughs> off. Thank you, Seb Ross. <laughs> Taking that. Thank you very much. Um, I reckon the Saints, look, I mean, at, at, I think at our absolute best we could be bottom top, but I feel like we're, with all those new players, we're still probably a season or two from actually contending. So I'm going to say top bottom. I'm going to say top bottom, but with a chance of 
bottom top. Yeah. Yep. All right. You never know with the Saints. This might be the conditions that suit them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Might remind them of Seaford, uh, you know? All right. Sydney. Sydney. Uh, coach is uh, uh, not Justin Longmuir, but Justin John Longmuir. <laughs> John Longmire. I mean, if there's Dennis Pagan and Chris Fagan, there's got to be John Longmuir and Justin Long... John Longmire and Justin Longmuir, right? All I'm saying is we've got to get David Letterman to host the Brownlow <laughs> so he can do uh, Justin Longmuir, John Longmire. Justin Longmire? Oh, no. Lost him. Um, oh, their best and fairest winner would... I mean, is it Alex... What's his name? The, the guy that everyone's mad that we don't know. Is Alex... Not Alex Lloyd... Alex Lloyd's the musician. Alex Lloyd, yeah. He was amazing. Yeah. Now, who's the player that they got? Phil Lloyd? Jake Lloyd. Jake Lloyd. <laughs> they got mad at? That we didn't know he's most metres gained or some bullshit statistic that Swans fans think important. I would love important. if uh, Jake Lloyd was on one halfback flank and Alex Lloyd, <laughs> singer of the song Amazing, was on the other halfback flank. Uh, it's going to be him or like Dane Rampey, I reckon. Mm. Um, I'm going to say... I think Rampey from memory had a really good season I'm going to say Dane Rampey Mike yeah yeah alright that's pretty good I actually talked myself into the right answer there uh, Swans feel like they're in a bit of a rebuild but they're never bad I couldn't see them bottom bottom I'd say top bottom I'm going to um, I, I'm going to say yeah top bottom as well um, Swans best and fairest 2019 I'm just going to look it up uh, just to see um, who came in the other places because I'm just interested in wh- who if, if, where Jack if Lloyd, finished. Lloyd had one of those seasons um, alright here we go uh, 581 votes Dane Rampey yep. 461 votes oh we're going to go back to him okay great uh, Luke Parker in third Tom yep. Papley in fourth Callum Mills fifth mm. Isaac Heaney sixth oh, of Jake Lloyd seventh seventh okay alright All right. now Second place in the Sydney Swans best and fairest. I've mentioned all those other people. Who is coming in second place? Ah, uh, I mean Josh Kennedy. Nope. Um, uh, give me a hint. Like, should I know? Yeah, I, I, no. Oh. This is why I think this. I think this is someone you have a harder time guessing than Jake Lloyd. I've got to be honest with you. What's his name? Because I can't even think of what this player looks like. Um, he shares a um, a first name with a Seinfeld uh, character and he shares a last name with a famous tennis player. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, Cosmo McEnroe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that Sons player, Cosmo McEnroe. He's uh, he's fantastic. Plays out of the back pocket. A dower left footer. Um, okay, Seinfeld character. So George, Jerry. Um, I don't know. George Rafter, Jerry Nedaravilova. <laughs> George Hewitt. Oh, who the hell's that? Yeah, correct. He came, well, he came second? second in the Swans Best and Fairest. What is the Swans deal with like <laughs> taking no name players and, and, and like having them do really well in their best and fairest? 
I would not. All right, I'm going to take. If you got, can you bring you bring up a photo? I'm going to try and guess what he looks like based off his name. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And I've already forgotten yeah. what his name is. is it, did you say George Hewitt? George Hewitt. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I'm going to say okay. George yeah. Hewitt is blonde. He is not blonde. No, he has. Okay. Dark hair. <laughs> I'm going to say he has. Uh, he's got no facial hair. He has a mustache. <laughs> well, kind of a mustache goatee, it seems. Uh, right. Um, th- what there position is he play? Various pictures, but the most com- the most recent one seems to is kind of a mustache goatee operation. I'm gonna have to look it up because I have no idea who this person is. And he's second in the best of Ferris, George Hewitt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have no yeah. idea who that is. I've never seen that guy no. in my life, ever. Are never you sure he's him. a footballer? Well, all I'm going to say is he came second in the Swans Best and Ferris. Maybe oh, the Swans are giving know. votes to people who aren't footballers, but I assume he's a footballer based on that. <laughs> all right. Uh, what team's next? Is it West Coast? Must be. Um, all right. Well, I'll guess West Coast because that'll leave the Bulldogs for you. So the coach of West Coast is Adam Simpson. Well, hang on. No, I, you should guess the Bulldogs because oh, I know the Bulldogs. Okay, well, you... So, I'll do West Coast. Yeah, that's what I meant. So, West Coast, the coach is um, uh, Adam Simpson still. Yeah. And uh, their best and fairest was... I mean, take your pick. Whew, I had a good season. Um, I mean, it's got to be... I would have said it's got to be Yo or Shuey. They both had really good seasons. Um, I don't really know which of those two it would have been, though. Um, I am going to say, just because I did not see the headline Yippee Yo, which you know, you know, that would have come up with. Uh, so I'm going to say Shuey. I reckon Shuey might have won the best and fairest. Oh, you're you're good. I feel like year. we've done this before. I feel like we're going to discover somebody's going to send us a message and say you guys did this before because. Like, we did, you know we didn't do it every year. year. I'm almost positive yeah. we didn't do it for the bushfire episode. The bushfire episode was only 20 minutes long, and this segment okay. alone has taken over half an hour. So, All right. um, I just think Based I just think that. we're good at we're better at our job these days. Okay, so top, bottom, bottom, top. Um, West Coast are probably top, top, or bottom, top. Uh, top, top for me. Mm. Um, all right, the Western Bulldogs. The coach is Luke. Luke Bevo Beveridge, who the Saints made a play for, apparently. Tried to poach. Yeah. Which uh, makes sense. He's got connections to the club. He played for us. His dad was our head recruiter for like 20 years. He was actually... He was working for you. For he like was actually weeks. about to go and work for you guys when we poached him. So it would be a little bit unfair of us to say you can't poach him when we poached him in the first place. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'd say Bont would have to be your best and fairest. I mean, you guys had so many in the midfield, that, but I, it's, Bont is clearly the best player at your club. It's the Nat Fife rule. So uh, I'm going to say... McRae and Dunkley both had great seasons. Um, both polled, I think, the exact same amount of votes as Bont in the Brownlow, or pretty much McRae and Dunkley. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was Bont. Yeah, yeah. From memory, I think Bont won. Um, dogs. Poised. Uh, great acquisitions over the summer. Poised to uh, attack the top four if it actually gets that far. Mm. I mean, I'd say top, top. But who knows? It could be a Melbourne-type season for you guys. All the expectation and, and then you don't deliver. 
Yeah, it would. It could be. Um, no. Although I, th- I feel like we've had a couple of those for the last few seasons. Yeah. It feels to me like, I mean, if this were a regular season, mm. if we didn't finish in the top six, I think you'd be disappointed with how the season was. Just on trajectory, yes. list demographic of players, all these sort of things. I mean, obviously this style of season, who fucking knows? But yeah, yeah I would say top, top. That The hopes would be top, top. And I reckon that there's a, there's a different men because you guys won that premiership probably ahead of schedule and then had the disappointment. I think there's a different mindset with you can just sort of sense it with the players now. And I reckon too that Bont is priming himself to become the superstar that we all know he can be. Like you just sort of see it in everything he's done in the state of origin, in the practice matches he's played. Like he looks ready to tear the game apart. And I think that. He will be in that dusty uh, Nat Five category this season. Well, very soon, if not if not this season, which is exciting to watch. Well, I think the Bulldogs, like they've got a touch of that when Hawthorne won early mm. and then went away, rebuilt, and then came back with a real era. That's what it feels like they could do. Like you know, they've got the demographic. If if you know, sort of your Bont and McRae and Dunkley and these guys become that superstar midfield where they're all absolute jets and then you've got the rest, you know, everyone's the right age. They're all kind of going in the right direction. It feels like a good time to be Bulldogs fans. So, of course, they're going to t- call off the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is the thing too. Like, it's the way you drafted with, you know, Bruce and Keith is like you got mature age guys who've got, you know, two or three years in them, you know, of peak football. And it's like, well, if you lose one of those years, it's like, motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, answer me this, because once one of the players gets it, mm. then they're going to call off, you know, basically the games all get called off and, you know, there's a real chance the season gets called off once a once a player gets it, right? Um, is there any coach in the league who would be petty enough to intentionally bring down another club by infecting them? Um... No, <laughs> no, I don't think in this day and age, with the current climate and the anxiety around it, I don't think, I don't think there would be. I mean, maybe a former coach. I could see Mick Malthouse, <laughs> Mick Malthouse doing it, because I think he's still bitter. Like I think Mick Malthouse could go down to the Lexus Centre or whatever and just like spread some germs around, just to, you know, he would put his own. But he because he's in the high risk category, he'd probably put his own health at risk just to get some revenge on uh, on 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 Bucks and Eddie. If you're a coach who looks like they're going to lose their job, but if they write off the entire season, you'll probably get another year. Is there a chance that you could infect your own team? Yes. It's like, we've got a terrible list. Yeah. Yeah. We, need another, we need another year to get into these guys, and I'm really going to lose my job if we play with these Muppets. We've really got to get COVID if in Melbourne here right now. get pumped in the first round, Simon Goodwin, yeah. that could be his Simon exit Goodwin strategy. Simon Goodwin starts coronavirus at Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... Who are the coaches who are most under pressure this year? Simon Goodwin and Ken Hinckley. So if suddenly it yeah. breaks out at one of those two clubs after they have a mm. terrible loss in round one, then questions should be asked. Mm. Ken Hinckley demands for the China game to be put back on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. All right. Well, um, does that bring our season preview to a close? No, what else? Did, well, it does. There's not really much else to talk about. Um, did you see any of the State of Origin game? Uh, I did not watch the State of Origin. I wasn't. 
I wasn't around when it was on. Was it good? I, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It was great. It was such good fun. I think that in the preseason, if you're not going to do a preseason competition, which they looks like they don't do anymore, they'll just practice matches. Then I think having one game like that where you get the absolute best players, because it did have that feeling of the ball was just like flying around and everyone. I, look, I'm a Saints supporter, so I'm not used to watching an entire game of football where people hit targets. <laughs> like everything is just slick and the ball, the transference of the ball is is really hot. Like it was great to watch for that. And it was bruise-free football. Like I don't think you watched it with any anxiety like you might have 20 years ago with State of Origin or you know, 30 years ago where players actually go hard. This felt like a bunch of Rolls Royces just like cruising around, like, you know, hitting up targets, but no one was, no one was trying to get hurt. So I reckon they should bring it back. It maybe is like a yearly and fundraiser. Did that that didn't take anything away from the game because that's what Not the at all. NBA All-Stars game is like, yeah. right? It's just the best players in the game playing at a level that they all get to showcase, you know, how good they are. But there was a worry for me because of the way that we, you know, remember state of origin football mm. is that if it was played as a bit of a demonstration game, an All-Stars game rather than a state of origin game that it would take something away from it but like because I, I think they're never going to have state of origin in the way that you know we remember it yeah. because there's too many states and clubs won't give up their players to be injured and all these sort of things to be played in that way but if they are playing a all-stars brand game where you've just got the best players in the competition putting on a all-stars weekend i think that you could almost expand that out also like, have mm. a goal-kicking competition like they do at the, yeah. you know, like a shooting competition. The, like yeah. have the Jack Higgins goal-kicking competition, just trick shots. Yeah. It should just all be like trick shots at halftime. Yeah, can you imagine, like, how good a day that would be if you get, like, Eddie Betts and Jack Higgins and, like, Michael all these guys. Michael Walters. Yeah. Did you see Michael Walters kick that goal from the boundary at training the other day and then jump up over in the fence to applaud himself. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see a bit of that in games, by the way. I am I am well up for that during the coronavirus ban. If Michael Walters kicks a game and wants to jump the fence and applaud himself, I say go for it. I also think too, like, I know we're joking, but you know how in slam dunk competitions, it's always a bit gimmicky. Like, you know, they'll roll out a car and someone will jump the car to hit the ring. Like, let's do that, but with the goal kicking. You know, someone just, you, part, you take... Angry Anderson's Batmobile, and you just put it in the goal square, <laughs> and someone kicks it around well, the corner, bounces it over the Batmobile. No, I think you, you're thinking about this wrong. Like the goal kicking, yeah, of course you could do that. You could trick shot it and maybe put a ramp and those sort of things. But about, how about like a high marking competition as well, like the dunking competition? That's where you bring in your car. Like, you know, so, and you maybe allow them to use a trampoline. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, so you put a trampoline and you see how see how high they can actually fly. I would also like to see them, like, bring out, uh, you know, just like, remember Shane Mumford when he just, like, tackled that guy and absolutely, like, killed him from GWS a few years ago? I'd like to see, like, a tackle comp where you just, like, you just get, like, the, uh, the biggest player in the competition just gets to run and tackle the smallest player in the competition just sort of see how hard he can drive this him into now, the dirt. This is now kind of blood sports. This yeah. is a different concept. You're workshopping now, I've got to be honest with you. I just want to see Shane Mumford bury people into the dirt. Can that just be its own separate competition? What I would like to see at the All Stars match is Shane Mumford kill Caleb Daniel. That's, that's what I want to see. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask? 
Um, all right. Okay. So two guys, one cup is back. Um, obviously, like the season itself, we're going to be playing it by ear. Um, but we were sort of discussing off air. Uh, we may be doing sort of shorter episodes in the event of delays or, or, or uh, um, postponements or anything like that. But um, we'll try and keep it regular when the games are regular. But in, in those in-between moments, we'll, we'll also try and put some stuff out there to talk about. Because I feel like yeah. this season there will be a lot to talk about. Well, I think that might be the way to do it. Rather than trying to do a weekly big old, old cover-all episode, it might be a chance of going, let's just, when things happen, you know, get together and do shorter episodes and have a chat. If people like that, if you um, think that that is a good idea, then hit us up on our Facebook page or any of our socials and let us know. And uh, we will try to check in tomorrow because I think it's just going to be worth having a little yeah. talk about what it's it was like to watch the game 100%. without the crowds and... Yeah, so let, let's do that as well. Yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at Two Guys One Cup AFL. So, uh, like Will said, if you want to get in contact with us, best way to send us a message. Um, okay, for the first time in uh, 2020, play on not 15. Uh, ball. I just realised this is the second time because we did the bushfire episode, but that one doesn't count. <laughs> uh, well, that's very Two Guys One Cup. It might be the second time we've gone through the teams and predicted where they're going to finish. Who fucking knows? Because we really nailed that in a way that I'm not sure either of us are capable of nailing it. If it hadn't been for Mitch Thorpe, we really had a pretty good run through that. All right. We are two guys, one car. Hey, uh, we're back. Uh, We uh, got off air and then we realised that we... Well, Will, in the first season of Two Guys, One Cup in the season preview, we didn't talk about Collingwood, the Mm. biggest football club in Australia. And in this latest season of Two Guys, One Cup, we forgot to talk about Richmond, probably the second biggest club in all of Australia. Well, we did say that Dion Prestia uh, won the Port Adelaide Best of Ferris. So I think that's a bit of a shout out to Richmond. We kind of mentioned him. Um, yes. Yeah. So I'm assuming that Dion Prestia won the Richmond Best and Ferris, and, the human meatball, and as the, they call it. And the coach is uh, Dimmer Hardwick, of course. Uh, I mean, you would assume that they are top, top uh, this year. Either that or it would be great if Robbie Gray won the Richmond Best and Ferris. <laughs> just in a, in a wife swap situation. Maybe there was some mix up with the votes. Yeah. Port Adelaide got the Richmond votes and Richmond got the Port Adelaide votes. Like Price Waterhouse counts both clubs' uh, mm-hmm. votes at the end of each season. They just mix up the suitcases. Um, I would say that the, um, yeah, I, I, I'd imagine. Team to beat. That the team, they're the team to beat. They're still the front runners, Richmond. They don't seem to be. You would say with Rance gone that, but he didn't really play, you know, last season and they mm. they seem to be and fine Dylan without Grimes. Him. Grimey stood, stood up for him, so he's got a ready-made yeah. replacement. And also, like, Richmond's rise and Richmond's run, it's only gotten better. It's not like they've done it despite. Like, you know, so Rance yeah. goes out, they get Grimes. Um, you know, they, they discover uh, um, uh, Marlon um, uh, Pickett. Pickett. You know, like, they they're, and, and, and Sydney Stack, like, they're, they're going to be better. This year, for having done it. Like, you can't see any backwards step. Has anyone ever had... By the way, there's this... On the afl.com.au, there is a 12-minute piece on Marlon Pickett, which I highly recommend for AFL fans. It's yeah, just great. such a great little... His story is absolutely incredible. But it becomes more and more incredible. What a life he has led, right? You know, 
was not going to get to the AFL, was in prison, obviously, had dreams, said, you know, they made this documentary while he was in prison that he still had dreams of making the AFL, got looked after, over for every draft. When he fights six in a row, first time they bring back the mid-season draft, he gets drafted in the mid-season draft. He had an injury at the time, so chances are he probably wasn't going to get drafted. He wins the best and fairest in the VFL Grand Final, plays in the AFL Grand Final, first game in the AFL Grand Final day. He's probably in the best three on the ground on Grand Final day. You know, 100,000 people at the MCG. That's your first game of AFL football. Your second game of AFL football, no people in the crowd at that same venue. <laughs> like, same venue. So when? Literally no one there. At, isn't that – there can't be anyone who's had extremes. more of a bizarre start to their AFL. It was already <laughs> bizarre. Like, it was already one of the greatest AFL stories of all time. But the next chapter is like – this is almost – it's it feels like he's in The Leftovers or something. Like, he was just playing a game of footy and the entire crowd just disappeared. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an amazing story. Yeah, so we say they're top, top. Uh, what's the lowest they could go? Top, bottom, right? Bottom, top. Top, bottom, top. top. Bottom, top. All right. <laughs> no, I think the lowest Richmond could go is top, top. They might come, they might finish fourth. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be a disaster. <laughs> that would be a terrible season for Richmond if they finish fourth. The best they can finish is top, top, and the worst they can finish is top, top. All right. I'm so glad we came back for that insightful bit of commentary. <laughs> we are two guys, one car.